Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. So Luke chapter 1 verse 13. I want to ask you the question, are you a forerunner? Because forerunners have some distinguishing features. And I believe that God has called us to be a forerunning church. In fact, the church right across the nations is a forerunning church. In the last days, we are forerunning people, forerunners in our families, forerunners in our workplace. Wherever we go, we're called to be forerunners. Forerunners see ahead. They see the new thing that God is doing. Often it feels a bit strange because you're out in the front. But God loves forerunners. God is looking for people that are listening and saying, God, what is on your heart right now for the nations, for our city, for our family, for my life? Forerunners run ahead. Forerunners are built for running. Yeah? yeah? And so it's really important that we pick up the forerunning spirit because John the Baptist was a forerunner and he was the man who transitioned between one covenant to another. He was the one that allowed Jesus to be released on planet earth. And so a forerunning spirit again will be here before Jesus returns. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It was there when Jesus first was manifested and it will be there again when he comes for his people. There will be a strong forerunning spirit that will be upon his people. We will run ahead. We will be like pioneers in the spirit, going where no man, no woman has gone before. Yeah? So let's read today. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. For you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Ghost. How many people want to be so filled with the Holy Ghost today? Yeah. Amen. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he is yet in his mother's womb. What an amazing thought that he was a forerunner about to be released and he is filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back again to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit, in the power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous. So as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The forerunning spirit comes to get people ready for the return of Jesus Christ. That's why we're called to be forerunners. So I want to talk to you about the forerunning spirit and three things in this passage about a forerunning spirit. If you're taking notes, get ready. The first thing is this. Forerunners recognize the gift. Luke 11, sorry, Luke 113, it says about John, you will bear, uh, to Elizabeth, you will bear a son and you will give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth and he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Forerunners 
they recognize the gift that is within them, that you are great in the sight of the Lord. And upon right across the body of Christ is coming a fresh revelation today of the greatness of God within us. So forerunners recognize the gift of God that is within them. And we've been saying over the last number of weeks the importance for sonship of understanding who we are in Christ Jesus. We're getting rid of this victim mentality, this poor mentality, and we're discovering who we truly are before God himself. The greatness of God within us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you. God has plans. He has ideas when he created you. He conjured up in his mind or created in his mind amazing plans for every single person here today. It doesn't matter how you feel today. It doesn't matter what you've been through. When God created you, he came up with a masterpiece and he created you for success. And forerunners have this intrinsic idea, understanding of the greatness of them. I sometimes just dream and think about what magnificence was in the mind of God when he created me, that I am chosen by him, that when I was created in my mother's womb, that all the angels were singing. People, I, I used to say to my mum, you must have sensed something great when you, when you gave birth to me. Is that correct? <laughs> I've said that to her. You must have had a feeling in the room that when I came out, that, that life would never be the same again. That this, and that's been true. That this world would never be the same. Why? Because each and every one of us are called by God with a sense of greatness and purpose. That God, God spared no expense to design a person that would change the world in you. The tragedy is that most people never discover or never understand that they are truly great in the sight of God. And it says of John, he will be great in the sight of of the Lord. And I want you to know today that you are great in the sight of God. Great, great world changer. God never stops thinking about the limitless life he has placed inside you. He sees you amazing, without limitations. The thoughts of God towards you are magnificent. Dean shared on that today over communion that God's thoughts towards you, if only we could fully tap into that and understand what God is imagining when he thinks about you. We haven't yet begun to tap into that. The greatness of God towards us. Think about that today. Think about that. What was on God's mind when he created you? I'm just thinking about me now. Probably the most you thought about that in a long time. What was God imaging when he created me? That's how it was in the beginning when he created Adam. Covered him with his glory. Dean again shared on that this morning. Glory is the opinion, God's opinion about me. Man was covered from head to foot in the fullness of the revelation of God's opinion about him. When he woke up, he woke up to the Father's eyes, bearing down on him mouth to mouth. He breathed 
on Adam, the breath of life, and whoosh, in came the fullness of God's opinion about who Adam was. Imagine waking up to that. Wow! And it was only when Adam fell that he was naked and ashamed and he began to take on a lower way of thinking. And God couldn't find him because Adam was now functioning in a whole different dimension. The fall of man, the tragedy that we would be banished from the presence of God and now come into a mindset of limitation and despair. And that is what forerunners seek to break free from into the fullness of God's express opinion about us. Do you love who God's created you to be? Does it boggle your mind about what God could do in you? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Believers should have the greatest opinions about themselves, the greatest self-image of all people on the planet, because we've come into the glory of the Lord, Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's filled us with his glory. And day by day, we, as we read the word and fellowship with the Spirit, we are taking on the mind of Christ. That's why the Bible says about Jesus that the Son of Man had nowhere to rest his head because he had a mind that was incompatible with the body that he was trying to attach himself to. But not now because he's attached his head on the church called his body. And we have the mind of Christ. We think the thoughts of Father about us. Isn't that amazing? So John enters in preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You know that word repentance is literally uh, go back up to the penthouse. Repent, go up. Get a higher view. It's not repent, whip yourself, but get the views of heaven. Come up here and see what I see when I look at you. The penthouse is always the best suite. Have you ever stayed in the penthouse? It's a wonderful place to, to look over a city, to enjoy the view. You get a higher view. And John came preaching, repent, come up. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God's about to give you a download and show you the original plan that he had for your life. So that's forerunner. Forerunners recognize the gift. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It says of John, it says, You will be great in the sight of the Lord. I want you to notate, look at me. You are great in the sight of God. You will be great. You are great in the sight of God. And, and you know what? If you, if you have trouble believing that, just begin to confess it over your life day by day. Father, give me a fresh revelation of your greatness inside me. I carry the greatness of God wherever I go. So you know what? I expect favor where I go. I expect people to be open to the words that come out of my mouth. I expect to have influence wherever I go. I see the favor of God. I see it because the greatness of God is inside me and inside you today. Let's go back to Luke chapter 1. It says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Point 1 was good, by the way, wasn't it? And he will drink no wine or liquor. We all said, oh. <laughs> and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to their God. 
It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. The spirit and the power of Elijah. John comes in. One of the things about Elijah is that he was unique in this fact that he was lifted up into heaven, wasn't he? And when John comes, he comes in this amazing anointing. See, when we think about wine and liquor, it's it's not saying that you can't drink any alcohol. What it's saying is that alcohol has an earthly dimension or earthly way of altering our disposition and lifting our spirits. But when the Holy Ghost comes inside somebody, he supernaturally lifts us up, causes us to go to new heights. And this anointing that was on the forerunner, John, was to lift up a whole generation of people. So forerunners, second point, forerunners reach for the lift. Number one, they recognize the gift. Number two, they reach for the lift. There's a lift that forerunners are constantly searching for. And I'll explain that. Israel had been stuck in a cycle of negativity, a gravitational pull towards unbelief. Soon as Adam fell, there was a curse system that came into the earth that constantly pulls people down to a natural way of living. It's like a gravitational pull that is constantly the law of gravity pulling people back to earth, back to low-level living. You don't have to try to live that way. It comes natural the moment you're born that there's a pull back to normality, average, low-level living. And John comes with this anointing to lift people up into a new realm of living. I love that. Forerunners are reaching out for a lift. See, the laws of the curse system are pulling you down, saying it's not possible that you could succeed. It's not possible. There's so many limitations over your life. You can't think right, speak right, can't put two words together. You're afraid of speaking in public. You're intimidated by people. You've not been educated. And constantly we've been pulled down to a low-level life. Has anyone ever battled that? You just just wake up and you have this sense that there's a gravitational pull, not just physically, but even in the spirit realm. We are constantly being pulled down, continually challenged by circumstances that want to pull me down. People, opposition, circumstances. And it's a fight because the natural way of living is to reduce us to a common level, but not forerunners. Did you hear me? That was a cue for you to say yes, not forerunners. Turn with me to Isaiah 40, verse 28. God's promised these people that he would lift us up. We're in a realm where, where there's just such negativity and, and people filled with fear and, and doubt and unbelief. It's all around us. But in the midst of that, there are people that would rise up and be lifted up. Listen to what he says, Isaiah 40, 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he never gets weary or tired. 
And his understanding is unsearchable. Listen, he gives his strength, his ability, his vigor, his capacity to everyone that's weary, fatigued, exhausted, and weary. He's a God that has never experienced fatigue or weariness, who has never experienced a moment where he couldn't figure out what to do. And he says, I will give my strength and my wisdom to everyone that's weary, that's been pulled down, that's feeling feeble, that doesn't feel like they've got any more capacity. And here he goes on, he says, Though youths get weary and tired and vigorous men stumble badly, yet those who wait on the Lord, they will gain new strength. That word wait is to be twisted and entwined. He says, if you're feeling like you've been pulled down, you've lost your capacity, you're weary, fatigued, discouraged, he said, wrap yourself around me and I will give you a supernatural infusion of my strength because I never get weary, my wisdom because I can always figure out a problem. Wrap yourself around me and I will lift you up. He says this, those who wait on the Lord, they will get new strength. They will mount up with wings like an eagle. That's the forerunner spirit. We reach for the lift. God wants to lift you up out of all negativity, fear, all, all unbelief. He wants to lift you up today. Forerunners believe that there's a lift for them. I'm not born to be average. I'm born to soar. Listen to this. God created lift by the empowerment of the blessing. When he created Adam, he lifted him up above all limitations by blessing him. And here's the thing. The blessing manifests itself as we understand and activate the laws of the kingdom. I'll say that again. God lifted mankind up by blessing him. And that blessing manifests itself as we understand and activate the laws of the kingdom. The way we are lifted up is by beginning to function and understand the laws of the kingdom. And forerunners reach for the lift. And the way they do that is they begin to activate the laws of the kingdom. And I'm going to show you some stuff about that right now. Are you ready? Yes. The blessing has two parts to it. The Abrahamic part and the new covenant part. In the Abrahamic part, it's the Old Testament. The blessing was, was fixed around physical manifestation. In the new covenant part, it's focused around spiritual inner transformation and the blessing is activated we are lifted up when we begin to function in the laws of the old and the new the physical and the spiritual an example kingdom laws that begin to teach me that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive release the blessing in my life and lifts me up See, the, the way to access the blessing and be lifted up is to begin to function in the laws of the kingdom. So the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And forerunners grab a hold of that law and the blessing flows through that law and lifts them up. 
lifts them up, lifts them up, lifts them up. We begin to discover inner laws of the kingdom that teaches things like the law of faith. That as I begin to operate in the law of faith, the blessing flows and it lifts me up. You exercise that when you got born again. The law of faith says if you receive Jesus as Lord, confess it with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And the moment you grabbed hold of that law, the blessing of God filled you and lifted you up. Did it not? It's called the law of redemption and lift. Whatever God redeems, he lifts. And the reason many Christians don't experience the lift, which is really the blessing activating and lifting them up, is because they don't understand the kingdom laws. Jesus said the kingdom is within you. So we've got to dig deep down inside and begin to discover, Lord, what are the laws that lift me up? What are the laws that activate the blessing in my life? Because I know forerunners are always reaching for the lift. God wants to lift us up. That anointing on the last day is an anointing of Elijah that lifts us up. Did you hear me? It's going to lift us up. Out of all the the cruddy stuff of the world, the systems of this world, the negativity, the limitations, God is looking for people that would be lifted up. Maybe that's part of what the rapture is. Maybe it's not just a catching away one day we're here and then there. Maybe the rapture is the metamorphosis or the changing of God's people being lifted from glory to glory to glory until one day we're ready to be raptured. We think it's from here to there, bang, one go. Maybe it's incremental. Maybe God's looking for people that will be raptured because they've been lifted up and up and up and up and up. And this world is now no longer fit to hold us because we've become so out of the system of this world that we can't function in it anymore. The law of the kingdom lifts us up. See, this is the thing. Laws inside you are dormant potential. And we can either choose whether they're active or inactive. But the the moment you get born again... And you become part of the kingdom. All the laws come inside you. Remember, forerunners are looking to be lifted. We're lifted on the laws of the kingdom. And they're all inside every single person today that is born again. But they're either active or inactive. Because they're eternal. They can't stop. Every law of the kingdom has been placed inside you. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? All the laws about blessing, prosperity transformation, all the laws about friendship. Every law you can think about has been placed inside you the moment you're born again. For the kingdom of God is within you. The challenge is, are they operating or inactive? Because they will remain at rest until they're activated by faith and revelation. I'll give you an example. Turn with me to Matthew 8.26. It says, Behold, There was a great storm on the sea, so the boat that the disciples and Jesus were in was covered with waves. But Jesus was asleep. Jesus is the living word. He's also a picture of the laws of the kingdom. So here we have a group of people in a boat, a picture of you and I, and inside of us are all the laws of the kingdom asleep, dormant, inactive. And the boat was going down. 
It is possible to be filled with the Holy Ghost, have all the laws of the kingdom inside you and still be taken on water. No evidence or little evidence of the kingdom of God within us. It, it challenges me because I go into places where I'm, I, I think I'm the only born again believer and I look at what I have to offer in every capacity as a challenge, Lord, I want people to see when they look at me the kingdom of God in action. In every way, in my health, in my family, when I look at my kids, when I see the sort of car I drive, when I see the way I dress, the way I behave, the way I speak, I want them to see the laws in action to bring you glory. So there'll be so much fruit, Lord. They're taken on water. And, and it's a picture of the body of Christ. The laws are within them, but they don't know how to access them. And, and they cried out to Jesus. And this is the thing. Your pain will not activate the laws. A lot of painful people aren't activating the laws of the kingdom. I've taught you before about Hagar and her son. She's crying out to God. Her son's crying out, but God's not listening. And he says to Hagar, go back to the son, who's a picture of the laws of the kingdom, that my blessing, my promises, hold that in your arm. The moment you pick up the laws, you'll see your provision. Your crying doesn't move God, particularly as a son. Now, I know when we get born into the kingdom, God is very merciful. And as a child, we'll, we'll cry and poop our pants and God will come and clean it up. But there comes a day, like I shared with you last week, that God says you are no longer a baby. You're becoming a son now. You need to learn to exercise my principles of the kingdom. So our crying and our noise doesn't move God. And we say, God, where are you? And he says, it's time to begin to speak and be lifted up yeah. by accessing the promises and the principles and the laws of the kingdom. Yeah. They're crying, God, where are you? Bailing out water. Nobody's listening. The boat's going down. Yeah. The boat's going down in many, many people's lives, not because God doesn't care, but he's wanting you to access the laws of the kingdom. Yeah. And he got up and he said, are you afraid? Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? And he got up and rebuked the winds. He said, this is how you operate. This is the law of the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. He demonstrated what they should have done. In his mercy, he could have let them go down to the bottom of the ocean, but in his mercy, he awoke himself and said, this is what you should be doing. I've placed my power inside of you. Forerunners reach out for the lift. They begin to discover there's these laws. There are these laws inside me that will lift me up. That will cause the blessing to be multiplied in my life. Here's the thing. Kingdom laws will always remain at rest within us until proper force is applied. Jesus will remain asleep in your boat until you begin to apply the force that is necessary. And if something's not working in your life, it's not because God doesn't love you, that God is not real. It's because there are inactive laws in your life that you are not activating. You go, oh, that's not fair, Andrew. That's very harsh, actually. You don't understand. I've tried a lot. 
I'm telling you what I'm saying today is your lifeline. Because if you're trying really hard in your mind and it isn't working, then you've got a problem. Your problem is a God that's not listening. And you may as well just give up. But let's just say if I'm right and you're wrong, and the fact is, the problem is that you are not taking by force the laws of the kingdom, you have a solution. If the problem is that God's not working, you're crying out to God, please help me, and nothing's working, we all have a problem. But if the issue is that God is waiting for us to grab a hold of the laws, to get them so ingrained within us, to get a comprehension of them, and then begin to put pressure on the laws to begin to work on our behalf. Our job, as I will show you later, is not trying to change circumstances, but rather put pressure on the laws that change circumstances. See, our focus is often on the problem rather than the law. I'll tell you later, I'm getting ahead of myself, but in Mark 4, the man sows a seed and he goes to bed at night and he wakes up and the seed grows all by itself and he doesn't know how. His job is to put pressure on the principle, to sow the seed, to nurture the seed. The law of the kingdom is a thing that changes your circumstance. And God's been challenging me this week about putting pressure on the laws of the kingdom. Because that's what brings lift. Putting pressure on the laws. Because when you have a standoff with God for a few years, you begin to realize nothing's changing. Okay, that didn't work. So a wise man says, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Okay, so what are you trying to teach me? Remember, God's got all the time in the world. Put pressure on the laws. My blessing flows through the laws of the kingdom. Put pressure on that. Let them work on your behalf. Wake up the dormant laws within you and the law of lift begins to operate. You will fly with wings like eagles. Matthew eleven twenty two. Since the days of John the Baptist, until now the kingdom has been forcefully advancing and forceful men and women lay a hold of it. Did you hear that? See, the church is not for a bunch of old, crusty people that are, you know, got, got to be careful here, that have got, you know, no backbone or wishbone or, you know, the, the, the media concept of, of the priest, you know, you see on TV, who's got no spine, who's weak and insipid, no drive, no energy, you know, and is driving a Morris Minor and eating tomato sandwiches with a cold cup of tea. You know, this is the mindset of the kingdom. But the Bible says, no, the kingdom is about forceful, strong, energetic, faith-filled people that say no to the curse system and they begin to exercise authority and power. It takes strength and power and dominion to begin to be lifted up. Everybody else is caught in a blind system. It's us who are forerunners who are forceful. That's what it says. Now I'm going to give you a scientific quote. Newton's first law of motion states that every object will remain at rest or in uniform motion unless opposite force is applied to change its state. Did you hear that? 
And so it's the same in the kingdom that the fallen system and all, all its laws are at rest until pressure is applied against it. It's almost like there's a resistance. It will not move. You are curtailed, surrounded, dominated by all these fallen laws of the world. And you know they're there because the moment you try to resist it, you, you come up against a wall. And it says, Newton says that there has to be a greater force applied against it. Yeah. It's called exercising the force against, uh, uh, with the principles of God that begin to move these cursed systems. That's why Jesus said, you can't take authority over a strong man unless a stronger one comes because he's holding his goods. And so when you come up against resistance, you've got to exercise force with the principles. So the world will say, don't give your money away. Don't bless people. You're crazy if you do that. It's, it's, a, it's a cursed system. It's a mindset. So you've got to actively resist against it and say, no, the Bible says there's more blessing flowing through the law of giving than receiving. And I know the higher, there's a higher law of giving than there is of receiving. I begin to understand there's a law called giving. And I begin to p- apply force to that. And I sow with faith. And it begins to take authority and push back the cursed system of thinking. Why is there so much resistance in the body of Christ towards giving and money? Because we're coming up against a cursed way of thinking. So we as the church apply force to giving and it begins to actively resist that. And it creates an open realm of blessing over the body. Are you getting this? So it's not our job to make spiritual laws happen. We just apply the force to the law. See, I don't need to worry about the outcome of my giving. Oh, I wonder who God's going to use to give back to me. No, just apply force to your giving. You don't have to keep going out and trying to conjure up God to move. Just apply faith to your giving. Put force into your giving and watch God move. The laws will operate by themselves every time, every day. So our position, when it comes to the laws of the kingdom, is either study them, grow in their concepts, invest time learning how they function, and apply force to them. And I've been doing that particularly with the laws of prosperity and giving. I said, God, I'm going to give myself to understanding how you flow through a man or a woman to bless them with unimaginable wealth and increase. I'm going to read every book I can find. I'm going to study scripture. I'm going to memorize scripture. I'm going to immerse myself in the concept because I want a breakthrough for the body of Christ, not just myself. I want to lift the body out of poverty into blessing. So you immerse yourself in that law and apply force to that law and allow that law to work on your behalf. And it will. The other side of Newton's law says an object remains in uniform motion in a straight line unless a greater force is applied to change its state. That is a blessing. That says whenever you apply a kingdom law in faith, it will always govern your reality because there is no force greater that can resist it. Yeah. 
Did you hear that? That's why David said your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And once you begin to apply force to the laws of faith, whatever it might be, they begin to gather momentum. And Newton tells us that unless there's a force greater, nothing can stop that momentum. And I began to discover there is no law in all of the universe that's greater than God's laws. Forever, Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So the law of giving says, give and it shall be given to you, blessed down, shaken together, running out all over, shall men pour back into, into you. There will be an overflow of blessing. There's a grace of giving. So if I apply force to that, it will begin to gather momentum and no demon in hell can resist the pressure, the force that's coming. Yeah. It's called lift. So we begin to be lifted up. It's the Elijah anointing that was on John the Baptist to lift people up to a new realm of living. If the church gathers and understands the principles, the laws of the kingdom, we will never be the same again. We're wondering how God's going to bless us. It's not going to come, you know, there's not going to angels dance on your roof and lower down $50 notes. It will come because God's people get alone with him and they pour over the principles and the laws of the kingdom and revelation comes. They apply force and the blessing of God flows through that. Blessing always attaches itself to the laws of the kingdom. So I want you to know today that you need to apply force to be lifted up. You are a possessor of his laws. Say with me, I am a possessor of his law. Now say this with me, his law works for me. Now say it like you believe it, his law works for me every time. His laws have the ability to produce on their own. His laws will lift me up above the world. Mm-hmm. Forerunners reach for the lift. I'm looking for laws that lift me, lift me up. Out of this cursed system, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow or toil. There's a way to function in the kingdom where you don't have to lose your wife, your husband, your kids to, to make money. You don't have to work 70 hours a week. You know, because I, I, I read a lot about business and they say in the first two years, if you don't work at least 72 hours a week, it'll never get ahead. That's not the kingdom. I'm not saying we shouldn't work, we shouldn't try, we shouldn't apply ourselves. But there's no blessing in that. That's just man-made toil, struggle and self-effort. But the laws of the kingdom lift me up. They cause me to prosper. It says, Isaac sowed in the land of famine. Everybody was going out and he stayed. And when he sowed in the land of famine, he reaped a hundredfold in the same year. That's impossible. That's God. That's the laws of the kingdom. The laws of the kingdom say, if you obey my voice and step out in faith, I will bless you. Everybody else was going to Egypt, the flesh. Isaac stayed in the spirit. He was a man of the spirit who heard the voice of God, who understood that God wanted to relay to him his mind. Think about that. That's called the law of lift. 
Forerunners are reaching for the lift. My last point. Forerunners respond to the shift. Lovely rhymes, aren't they? Forerunners respond to the shift. They reach for the lift and respond to the shift. Luke 1.17 says, It is he who goes as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah that turned the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make ready, to make ready, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. They respond to the shift. They sense God is making ready a people prepared for the Lord. Your life needs room. God cannot increase any area of your life until he shifted you there first. Did you hear that? Hear what I'm saying? God cannot increase any area of your life until he shifted you there first. I'll put it in dollar values because it's easy again. You want to have a million dollars in your bank, first he's going to make you a millionaire inside. It's going to cause you to think like he thinks. If you want to have lots of friends, first he's going to cause you to understand the power of relationships and love and forgiveness and so forth. Inside, he shifts you there. He does something inside you. He makes room inside you. And many of us are wanting breakthrough in our lives, but not all that making room for the breakthrough that gives us the lift. Make ready a people prepared for the Lord. See, John taught one simple principle in his message about the kingdom, and it was about this word baptism. John the Baptist. He was a baptizer, baptizing people in water. And you'll see when we do baptisms here, we don't sprinkle people with a bit of water. We grab them and we, well, we hold them. <laughs> we hold them under the water and it's a picture of being fully immersed. So, you know, it, when you have a bath and you put your head under the water, it's full immersion. The water goes in your ears. It goes into every part of your body, fully immersed, head to foot, covering your body. He taught this message of full immersion. And the principle or the law of immersion is this. You have to fully commit yourself to a new truth in order to experience the entire impact of that truth. Did you hear that? You have to fully commit yourself to the new truth, to fully experience the manifestation or the evidence or the impact of that new truth. So again, whatever it is that you're putting force on, whatever principle you, you want to experience in your life, you have to give yourself entirely to that new truth. It won't do to get a verse out, read it once for the week, put it away, not even think about it again and say, this is my breakthrough. That's called a sprinkle on the head. That's not full immersion. And John the Baptist began to teach them that you need to respond to the shift. You need to 
get insight that this is where God is moving and you need a whole paradigm shift. You need to embrace a whole new way of living. For the Jews who were so entwined in a religious mindset, it was, it was like night and day. They had to leave behind an old way and fully embrace a new way. That's why God had to blind the eyes of Paul because he was so ingrained in an old way of thinking. God had to transform him entirely. He had to go from Paul, from Saul to Paul, from the killer of the church to the lover of the church. The law of immersion says, whatever you give yourself to, it will give itself back to you in a greater measure. Did you hear that? That's why Luke 6.38 says, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running out all over. Here's the thing. When you give yourself to a principle in the kingdom, it will give, and you give yourself entirely to it, it will give itself back to you in an ever-increasing manner. In other words, whatever you sow into the kingdom, you will reap back 30, 60, 100 fold. So I want to encourage you today, all the work, all the effort, all the pressing in, all the force that you apply, it will pay off, pressed down, shaking together, running out all over, but not for the passive. The righteous will live by faith alone. If you're going to operate above the system of this world, it's not one foot in, one foot out. You can't rely on anything of the world, any system of, of the world. When you get born again, it's boots in, all in. God is looking for passionate, active people that would press in. You might say, well, I can't do that, Andrew. I don't have it in me. Well, I read to you before, those that are weary and disheartened, they will renew their strength because they just get alongside God and say, God, I don't know if I've got the force or the energy or the passion or the ability to do what he's saying. He says, get alongside me. Just, just nudge up to me because I'm full of passion and wisdom and strength. I will impart into you everything you need to fully apply the force of faith to that law. Not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. And there's days I wake up and I say, God, there's no energy left in me to believe anymore for what you said you would give me. I give up. Help. So he comes alongside and he nurtures me and he begins to impart faith and love and fresh hope and fresh vision. And I renew my strength and say, let's go again. Let's apply a bit more force to these laws that you're causing me to embrace. Yeah. Yeah. Bit by bit by bit. And all of a sudden, we begin to be lifted up. And things begin to change. James 1.25 says, But the man who looks intently, listen, into the perfect law that gives freedom. Freedom from what? Every spiritual limitation, every mental limitation, every boundary. The one who looks intently at the laws of the kingdom. Notice I'm not talking about what laws. They're for you to find out. I'm not going to give them to you. Find them. Whatever it is that you need a breakthrough in, Go to God and say, show me where the laws are for my breakthrough. We have the internet. We have friends. We have every resource you need to find the law and embrace it. Whatever it is, I'm giving you the practicalities of how forerunners take things and be lifted up. 
He looks intently at the law and it gives freedom. And that man will be blessed, all women, in whatever they do. The blessing that lifts us up is connected to the laws. And forerunners are lifted up by the laws of the kingdom. They make room for the laws to come inside them. And they embrace them and they nurture them. They study them. They say, God, teach me, teach me, teach me about the laws. And when you read Proverbs, it's the cry of Solomon and others as they write. And David, Lord, teach me to unveil them. Open up my eyes to see the mysteries of the kingdom. Teach me the laws, how they function, how they operate. Teach me, Lord, give me greater depth of understanding. And as you cry to him, ask, seek and knock, he begins to open your eyes. No man can teach you that, only the Holy Ghost. And he'll come in and he'll breathe on the law and all of a sudden it comes alive. And when it comes alive, the blessing flows through that and begins to lift you up. Forerunners receive the gift. Thank you, Lord. There's an amazing plan for my life. I am awesome. That's true. And so are you. You should tell yourself that every day. Oh, that's self-love. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. If you don't love yourself, who will? I love myself because God first loved me. And I'm in agreement with him. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you for the amazing creation, the plans, the purposes, the blueprints, that you've placed within me. Forerunners receive the gift. Will you do that today? Will you go home today and say, thank you, Father. What an amazing gift you've planted in me to change the world. I, through your strength, am the answer to this world. This city needs me. It needs me to understand who I am called to be and functioning in the fullness. There's a lot of Christians hiding in corners because they haven't embraced who they are. Go for it. My job is to encourage you today. You are filled with potential because God created you. Oh, that we would see that many Christians will get to heaven and cry. You don't have to wipe away their tears. They'll cry because they've taken on identities and understandings that God never intended them to have. Everybody here today is created a 10 out of 10. Everybody is created a world changer. Everyone is uniquely designed to, to add a color to the world that no one else can add. I'm convinced of that. If God can use me, he can use you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You go, but you don't know my life. Well, you don't know mine. It's a standoff, isn't it? But he can use you. The Bible as you read the genealogies, they're there to inspire us that there's a lot of average people that God used in the line to Jesus. Judah. Read what he did. What a... He's from the line of Judah. People have made such crazy decisions that God believed in them. God could see beyond their faults and their pain and their problems and believed in them. He says, you know what, Judah? I've got plans for you that you don't know about yet. But you're going to discover them and I'm going to use you to birth the Messiah. Forerunners receive the gift. Thank you, Jesus, 
for who you've created me to be. There should be no insecure, shy, fearful, self-doubting believers. It's an oxymoron. It's because you're listening to another voice. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Forerunners reach for the lift. They begin to grab a hold of the principles and they say, okay, God, let's apply some force here. Lift me up. Above all the rubbish of this world limitations, I'm going to reach for the lift. What principles, laws does God, does God want to use in your life to lift you up, to lift others up around you? What do you need to exercise faith into today? What, what is God saying, okay, believe for more? What are you crying out for God to do in your life that he wants you to grab a hold of a principle and activate? When was the last time you began to exercise faith in the principles rather than crying for relief? Oh, God, help me. That only cuts it as a baby. And most of you today are not babies. Apply the principles. Exercise faith, the force of faith. And lastly, forerunners respond to the shift. So you're going to have to make room. When Jesus came, there was no room in the inn. Because the world hadn't made room for him. But John came preaching total immersion. Lord, all of me, penetrate all of my mind. I embrace everything about you. All your laws, I want to I I just nurture them and love them and stew over them and recite them until it becomes part of who I am. I make room for you in your kingdom. That's what forerunners do. And as we do that, the spirit of the forerunner comes alive in the church. It's not nebulous. It's not something that we pray and all of a sudden it falls down in a parachute. No, it's God's people taking on the mindset of a forerunner. And John carried this, as I've shared today. This was part of his DNA that ushered in the kingdom. I see the rapture, as I said before, is God's people getting lifted higher and higher and higher. And the last bit will just be like a, it won't be a rapture from the ground to there. It'll be just like that. It'll be caught up in a twinkling of an eye. Because we've been lifted up. We, are, we will see him and we'll be like him. So let's lift our hands today. And we thank you, Father, for the spirit of the forerunner that is upon your people. Breathe on them today fresh life. Breathe on them great faith. Breathe on them today the mindset of a forerunner, I ask in Jesus' name. You're called to lead. You're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Some of you have been intimidated by other people around you. and God's saying, lead the way. Step out in faith. Watch what I will do. You are called to be a leader in this community, in your family. There's an anointing of a forerunner over your life. Even there's been family traits for generations that God's saying, through you, I've anointed you as a forerunner and you will embrace fresh principles and mindsets that will break generations of negativity and downward thinking. I'm going to lift you up and all those that go before you. I will cause you to be a lifter. He's the lifter of our head. And you shall be the lifter of the heads of many people around you because you've embraced the spirit of a forerunner. So Father, anoint your people today with the Holy Ghost, like he did John, with the spirit of Elijah that lifts us up. 
We make room for you today in Jesus' name. So why don't you tell him that today? Agree with the word that's been spoken. Tell him. Speak to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No matter what the pressure is that's come against you, the force that's come against you, the negativity, the old patterns, the old ways, the old voices, the laws of the kingdom are superior. Laws like whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. When you speak, when you speak to those lying voices and feelings, they will, they have to submit because it's the law of the kingdom. And God will lift you up above every negative word. So this week, God's going to open up to the hungry new laws, new principles to lift you up. And we thank you for that, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus.